Well, hello, hello, hello. My name is Holly Iskra, and welcome to my podcast. Today, I'm totally in reflection mode, and I think most of, us, most of us get this way near the end of a year. I know I start to look at the goals I set out to accomplish and where I'm at with that. I look at things I could have done differently and things I'm proud of. This year feels a little different, and maybe it's because I've been working on this podcast and sorting through my past, I'm not sure. But this year really feels like I'm closing a chapter. It literally feels like I'm about to start season two. Around 41, I started to really think about how I wanted to spend the last half of my life. And now I feel like it's coming into play. Last week, when I was at my church program, they spoke about the Ten Commandments and living a moral Catholic life. I really like learned about sinning too, which... I'm going to try and correct. Um, So this speaker talked about living a dual life. And this really hit me. This is how I would describe the way I was living before I chose to live authentically. That's exactly what it felt like. Like I was living two lives in one. I appeared one way in front of most people. I appeared to be what society saw as as a desirable friend, girlfriend, mother, daughter. I put anything I felt called to do on the back burner and I live for others. In moments, my authentic self came through. Sometimes I got to be me, really me, but that was in the comfort of my home or in front of a few chosen people. I spoke about the things I wanted to do and I even quietly worked away at some of them. Until one day, I just had no choice but to be completely, authentically myself. And I'll tell you, I fought it. I lost some people in my life because of it. But once I surrendered to it and I was unapologetically myself, everything changed. I heard once that everything has a frequency that we all can feel. Authenticity is a higher frequency than love if you can believe it. And I can feel that right in my bones even just saying it. Honestly, once I started to live an authentic life, it felt like everything really was happening for me instead of to me good and bad. And I know I've said that before on this podcast. Now, I spoke a little bit in this podcast about how I started writing a book four years ago. It was in 2019 after my separation. And my book has been sitting for about two years now without being looked at. And since I, and I am close to finishing it, but I thought as I'm sitting here in reflection, why not read some of it here? You know, I would love to hear what you guys think. I would love to see what I wrote and maybe it'll ignite something in me to finish it. I don't know. So here it is. So I'm going to open it. And as I open it, I can see it was last open January of this year. So I must have glanced at it this year and then I haven't opened it since. So here's the introduction that I wrote. Baby elephants, it seems, were traditionally trained by tying one of their front legs to a stake in the ground. Because the elephants are small, only a thin rope is required. They'll struggle and pull at first, but eventually they realize that they can't break the rope and they'll give up. So that's a quote from The Elephant and the Rope, uh, one mental trick to unlock your growth. I always wondered this when I would see a fully grown elephant at the circus as a child. The elephant was so much bigger than the trainers working with it, why didn't it just walk away? 
This thought has crossed my mind when thinking of people I know, myself included, in situations they're not happy in. It may seem obvious to me or anyone else looking in on their situation on what to do about it, but the person seems to have no idea or desire to fix it or change. After reading this quote, my questions made more sense to me. Generally, when we're told something in life or or when we're shown a certain way of doing something our whole lives, the way we are first shown becomes just the way it is. It's all we know. When we're in a situation like an elephant, we see ourselves as small or we can only see what's happening right in front of us. But if we just looked up or if we just took our eyes off the quote string around our leg, we would see we're not stuck at all. And why don't we look away from the thing tying us down? Why don't we step back and look at the bigger picture? I think because it's uncomfortable and so we stay right where we are. We stay with what we know. We stay where we're comfortable. When I was 21 years old, I moved to another province and I had zero friends and zero family with me. So I I spent a lot of time solo. At one point, I came up with a list of all the things I wanted to accomplish before I died. I ended up moving back and got married at the age of 26 and the list got tucked away and never seen again. I thought I would be married until I died and I would never get to finish the things I really wanted to do. So I would fantasize about everything I would do in my next life. Once my marriage ended and I was on my own once more, this time with two little ones with me, I realized this was my next life and now was the time to experience what I wanted to experience. Today is April 21st, 2022, and I've completed most of the experiences on my list that you'll read in this book, but I'm left here with the feeling of what is the point to all of this? What is the point to life? My life feels so mundane. It's it's excruciating planning meals for little ones that don't appreciate it, cleaning and not enjoying my clean space. I feel depressed. I tell my friend this one night when we're out for a beer and he says, depressed people don't say they're depressed. I try to shake this feeling. I keep on my routine. I meditate, pray, read, personal growth, journal. I sit in silence. I visualize. I exercise to relieve endorphins. I eat relatively well. I still can't shake this feeling of heaviness, this feeling of what is the point to just live every day the same and do it all again and again and again. No joy, nothing to look forward to. Who cares about vacations and clothes and stuff? I certainly don't. So I seriously consider suicide. I know what I will do, but then I keep thinking this through. And I think of what will be left behind. Sorry. What will people go through and find of mine? A sex bag on the back of my closet door? I don't think so. My underwear, old socks, this half-written book. My mother doesn't even know the landlord's phone number or how long rent is paid for. They'll be left to just figure it all out. I can't do this. This can't be what I leave behind. So I think some more. I think I will do this when my kids are with their dad. I will pack all my things first and give away my things to people that I want to have them. I will clean out that underwear drawer, get rid of that bag on the back of my closet door. I must leave videos and notes for my children, advice for later in their lives, and I must, must, must finish this book. 
So now I have a new mission. From this day forward, I will spend every day preparing for my death. This may take one year or 40 to 60 years. I don't know. But what I do know is I will leave this earth prepared the way I am for everything and my death shouldn't be any different. I may die naturally or tragically in the meantime, or I may find joy. Nobody knows. But I do know that when I'm done, I will be done. At the end of the day, why are we not all living this way? Why do we put things off until tomorrow or next week? I can honestly say since I've decided this, I feel happier. I guess I just needed a bit of a mission. My main point of writing this book is to get the message across to as many people as possible that you are not stuck and you can heal yourself. The key to healing yourself is sitting in the pain as much as the pleasure. No pushing any uncomfortable feelings away or giving it into distractions that cast the feeling you don't enjoy off to the side. You sit in it, you feel it, you feel everything. Then you cry or you write or you yell or you stretch to move it out of your body and it disappears, it moves along. Sometimes it comes back and you do the same thing over and over. You learn to love your suffering as much as your pleasure and there is no longer any reason to run away. Any fears that you may have had slowly become an illusion. That is all, simple. This is my story of how I came to the realization and started looking within myself How I came to this realization and started looking within myself instead of outside of myself and living each day as if it was my last. I hope my story can give you some light into your own experience. XO Holly. So kind of weird that that introduction is exactly this podcast. It's everything I've talked about in the podcast. So, and I did set out to do this so that I could start to get the book out and I hadn't even looked at it since January and I started this in October so anyways kind of weird um as the book goes on it talks about you know the ending of my marriage and the dating I did well after my marriage and I can talk more about it maybe next season um But yeah, I think, yeah, I might get more into it. I'm not quite sure. Okay, I'm, I'm glad I read that because it tells me I'm headed on the right path. And I think that's a great way to close out this season. Like I know you guys have heard it. If you've been listening to the podcast, you heard everything that I just said. Um, but I wanted to say, you know, with all of this reflection... I'm feeling a little unmotivated and maybe it's because I'm not active, not staying actively present. Um, you know, I'm reflecting on the past and focusing on the future as I prepare for Christmas and the new year. Does anyone else feel this way? I'm, I'm feeling, again, my goals are being pushed aside. Does anyone have any tips for staying on track consistently? Anything you want to share, I would love to see it in the comments because I find I in certain areas of my life, I'm totally fine. Like I've got the cleaning on track, you know, all of this stuff. The one thing I'm still really struggling with is exercise. I feel like it's my final goal. Like my physical health is my final goal. So that's going to be a big one for me for 2024. Um, Cutting out coffee, sugar, and consistently exercising. What are your big goals for 2024? 
I want to, I really want to say thank you. Thank you for tuning in every week or even just listening to one episode um, and sharing in on my story with me. This is the end of season one and I, I will be back January 16th for the start of season two. I still have no idea where all of this will lead. Um, I'm going to keep stepping. I'm going to keep sharing. Again, I would love to hear any thoughts um, or feelings you want to share in the comments. And thank you so much. And let's chat next year.